RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. Frank, yeah, sitting there Friday night, ready to just do. A, I've been watching a lot of these, like I've been watching a lot of trials. I'm trying to get more familiar with like the course of a trial and the things that that are done and stuff like that. And um, I was sitting there doing a jigsaw puzzle and and watching this trial at the same time. And all of a sudden, that, I got that an, sounds. That sounds so fun. I got to tell you. Are you, are you mocking me? Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank God there are people like you out there because I'd never do that. <laughs> it does sound horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> this is Jeez. what I do in my spare time. Jigsaw puzzles and listen to trials. <laughs> but I was. I was listening. And it's a really interesting trial I'm listening to, by the way. But... I got a ding, ding, ding on my phone and I look and there's a filing in the Missouri v. Biden case. So I'm like, oh, I have to stop my leisurely activities <laughs> and do this. And I did. And I'm glad that I did because I will show you what it was. Okay. So I want to catch you guys all up on, on stuff. Um, so as we've been discussing, and this is going to be a very fast moving thing. So I want to keep everybody up to speed because it's the most important case ever. I remember I told you guys that the uh, that the defendants in this case, who are the Biden administration, filed a mandamus petition in a higher court trying to get that court to step in and stop this judge in Louisiana from continuing to order all these depositions and everything that he's doing. Um, the reason why they're doing all this in an expedited fashion is because they're trying to get a temporary injunction stopping the government from having this communication with the social media companies so that they can hear the case. That's where we're at right now in Missouri versus Biden. So in order to get the temporary injunction, they asked for expedited discovery and expedited depositions to prove they have a reason for this temporary injunction. What they got back was mind blowing. I mean, it proved their case already and they haven't even gotten to trial yet. And the judge said as much, which is all of this is unheard of in a court anywhere. And just in a, just in a nutshell, the um, the Biden versus Missouri case. This is this is about um, just remind us the, the the premise of the whole thing. The government censorship. Missouri right. v. This, Biden. This is when they're putting in requests to have people taken off of platforms and stuff. Yeah. And or this is the intel. This is the uh, cognitive. Yep. Um, property. OK. Yeah. The inf cognitive infrastructure CISA case. Yes. And it's all I seem to be talking about lately because it happens. There's something new every day. So, um, so they, the, you remember in the General Flynn case, they filed a mandamus petition. The Sidney Powell filed a mandamus about Judge Sullivan because Sullivan refused to accept the government's walk away. Like they wanted to drop the case and, and, and drop the charges and Sullivan didn't want to accept it. He wanted to try him anyway. You remember that? Yes. Okay. So Sullivan was acting absolutely absurdly. And the only remedy that General Flynn had was to go above him. And, and, and so they filed that mandamus petition. Those three judges agreed with Sidney Powell. Then Sullivan was like, no, no, no. And they went even higher to the nine judge on bank panel. And they did it there. 
that's it's it's mandamus is basically like this judge is crazy can you please help me before i'm irreparably harmed and something terrible happens so these the government in this missouri v biden case filed a mandamus petition um saying that vivek murthy surgeon general um jen easterly sissa director and the director of white house communications should not have to sit for these expedited depositions because it's such an undue burden on them and so um, laborious for them. And they're running, you know, multi-million to billion dollar departments, so they shouldn't have to leave their duties to sit for a deposition. Oh, yeah, they're running them all right. Yeah, and so that was one of the things that the judge in the Missouri v. Biden case considered when determining they should sit for depositions. But the mandamus court... I'll just call it that. The appeals court in the Fifth Circuit said, hey, judge um, in in Louisiana, please rethink this just one more time. See if there's any way you could get more written discovery to satisfy this need or if it's possible that someone below them could sit for the deposition so that they're not out of their position for an extended period of time because it is very, very strange and un- you know weird that these people would be called for deposition in the middle of their tenure when they're doing such important things. Not the court didn't say, "Judge, you're out of your mind. These people aren't sitting." He didn't say any of that. He just basically said, "They said, I'm sorry. There's three of them. Take a look at this again, and we're not going to rule on the rest of this thing because it's not ripe for us to decide on." So that came in. And at the same time, the government had been fighting Jen Psaki sitting down to testify at all. Now, remember, she's a private citizen now, right? So she doesn't have any special rights like the um, director of CISA would. Like, I could understand maybe if she was the director of some department that maybe they would have some argument. But she's a private citizen who likes to go on MSNBC. So what, what would her what are they saying her role in all this was? Well, it's funny because the reason why she was subpoenaed to be deposed is because the current White House press office and press secretary said, well, we can't speak to what Jen Psaki was talking about from the podium when she said all these things about how the, the social media companies should censor people and how they were working with the social media companies because we're not her. So they were like, okay, well, then we'll just subpoena her to come in and answer those questions. So the reason why she's in this position at all is because the government was trying to say, well, we don't know. Yeah. So it's their fault. So it's her it's her fault. She she left the protective bubble of the government. Right. So now she's they're filing things in all courts all over the country like trying to get around what this judge is doing so they've got mandamus petitions and they've got um you know they've got all kinds of of actions in court trying to stop what this louisiana judge is doing and for the most part even the mandamus decision was not terrible like i get it it wasn't it wasn't a terrible terrible thing they're not making any inroads at all in stopping the Louisiana judge from getting them to sit down and do what they're supposed to do, which is testify to why they are all conspiring with private companies to censor the speech of Americans. Every court is is very hesitant to rule against this Louisiana district judge or federal district judge. So when that decision about those other three people came in, the government jumped on that and said, well, this should apply, apply to Jen Psaki too. 
even though it doesn't apply at all. So then the judge in the Louisiana case said, all right, well, you think so, defendants, government. Um, Louisiana and Missouri, please file your response to why you think that this is or isn't true. And so this is Friday, Missouri filed their response saying there's no reason why here, plaintiff's opposition to defendant's motion to adjourn deposition of Jennifer Saki pending this court's consideration of the Court of Appeals order that we were just talking about. Okay. Jen Saki went to Virginia where she lives, where she would have to sit down and have this deposition. She didn't go to the court in Louisiana and say anything. She went to Virginia court, which is typically very sympathetic to Democrats and, and you know, all things tyranny, right? D.C. court, basically. As Adam said on the pre-show today, it's an Alexandria court, which is right outside of D.C. It's D.C. She went there and said, please judge rule that I don't have to do this, quash the subpoena. And in this motion that the state of Missouri filed, he included the transcript of that hearing where she had asked the judge to not make her sit for a deposition. Completely different court, completely unrelated you know, he doesn't have the facts set in front of him, but she's going to him and asking him to rule over this other district judge in Louisiana and say that she doesn't have to sit for a deposition. Did I lay that all out okay? It's a rat's nest, but yeah, I I, I, I get the general, the, the gist. It is a rat's nest, but it's an important rat's nest. It's probably the biggest infestation we've seen yet, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, okay. it, it just it seems to me that we have a, a very important trial or a very, very important subject matter here. Um, and uh, again, once again, a whole bunch of people trying to avoid having to talk about it and others trying to uh, make counter moves to get somebody to say something on the record. So, yeah, somebody to answer yeah. for what they meant in all of these emails and discovery that we got already that prove out that, yes, the government is conspiring with private entities to censor American speech for disfavored opinions under the guise of mis, dis and malinformation. And yeah. just today, what's her name? Nina Jankowitz or whatever her name is, the, the, the disinformation czar they wanted to appoint. She's a foreign, a foreign actor now. Yeah, she files as a foreign agent. They were going to have this woman running the most Orwellian government department ever. And remember, that department came out of this, okay? They wanted, they wanted a way, it, it's in their emails that were released in Discovery in this case. They wanted a way to be able to streamline all of this back and forth communication between the government and social media companies because it was coming into piecemeal and they couldn't keep track of it. I can't drink Incredible. this until I take the cap off. It, we're, we're actually really lucky that this got that got thwarted. All this got thwarted. They're still we, doing we, it. Well, I mean, they're trying for sure. And uh, at least for now, Twitter is another story. You see, you see all the, you see, oh, well, anyway. Well, we can get into that. It's fine. We can, we can, we can circle back around, Frank. It's not. <laughs> well, it's part, of, it's certainly part of it because yeah. you, you see, you can see what the, the wailing and gnashing of teeth that's going on um, for, for places like CNN or anywhere to actually be comfortable printing things or Chiron's lower thirds about how free speech could be threatened because free speech <laughs> speech is literally being loosened speech guidelines are being loosened on a place uh that was you know so suffocating like twitter it, it just it's you know it makes no sense with, whatsoever but it's interesting how tied into this it is 
Yeah, I mean, they they literally, they were doing it all already. I, I said that a bunch of times when this whole mis-dis and malinformation governance board came out. I said, they've already been doing this. They just wanted a way to officialize it, make it okay, and do it out in the open without anybody saying anything. It failed because in what America is there a board that governs what people can say? They're doing it, but wh- who, who officially recognizes that as a government department? I'm sorry. Anyway, she's now a registered foreign agent. That's who we were going to have. That just blows my mind. Anyway, so they go in front of this Virginia judge and Missouri attaches the transcript of this hearing in front of this Virginia judge on the Jen Psaki subpoena. This judge ultimately said, either I'm going to rule against you in order that you need to sit for this deposition Or I'm going to transfer this back to the court where it belongs. Stop trying to judge hop to get your way. There's no undue burden on you to sit for this damn thing. Sit down and shut up. And he said that to not only the government's high powered attorney, but to Mrs. Deep State herself, Jeannie Ree. Um, He he he. I have a couple of excerpts. The whole entire transcript is like 70 pages long. I was literally going to drive here on Friday night when I found this and sit and just read it to people. That's how absolutely bombshell it is. And I'm not just using that as some kind of like way to get everybody excited. It it really is. And we're going to go through some parts of it now. But this is a Mueller special counsel attorney. This is Obama's like literal fixer in, in, in his administration. This is, is the deepest of the deep state. When you think of re, you think of like, the Strucks, McCabe's, and Pages, but quieter, like one of the people behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For the judge to do this, mm. so they start off. You ever see like when people are like, "Oh, with all due respect." When they start off like that, yeah, yeah. like like they're like, "With all due respect, judge," and the judge hates it, and he goes back and forth like. Telling them, I've I've heard that so many times on a Friday morning, like blah, blah, blah. He just shuts them down at every turn, at every single turn. I have four pages here. Starts on page 10. So I'm just going to go down page 10 and go through it really quickly. I, I almost, I, I like, I'm struggling between doing this here now or doing a separate thing where I just read the whole thing because I don't want to bore anybody. But at the same time, he accuses government officials in this, in this, he says most of the time government officials won't write stuff down because they know it'll come back to bite them. In, and, and so they, they talk about it verbally so that they don't have a written paper trail. So yeah, she should have to sit down and explain to people why she said these things because the chances that she wrote them down are nil. And that's why they want to depose her. You're talking about Ree or Saki? Saki. Okay. Like the, the judge, Ree was making the argument that you know, if, if she were to sit down for this deposition, there would be a chilling effect on the rest of any other person who ever served in government to be saying anything from a podium, right? Because that's... And the judge was like, so you're basically saying that at no time in history ever should any government official, former or otherwise, ever be deposed in a lawsuit for the rest of time. Because, because they would feel they, they would feel uncomfortable about conducting a potentially illegal business. Yes. Uh, liberty, liberty smiting business. They should be free to do whatever they want in in the moment because, of course, they only have the best of intentions and should never be thwarted. 
He, he says this. This is what the judge says, Frank. In fact, smart people, it can be argued from years of experience, do that and that only because they don't want written evidence of what may not have been appropriate because that can come back to bite them. Like, this is an Alexandria magistrate judge saying this to, a, to the government attorney, like, and, and re. Like, we know that you guys don't write stuff down, so your argument, you know what I'm saying? It, it, and I'm and I'm glad that he brought up uh, or she brought up what is or what may not be appropriate action that this may. And the fact that there, again, is a counter argument that anybody, anybody who uh, may face a day in court for things that they do that may be inappropriate is not good. Like, I don't even understand. I don't even understand what, what perspective you're arguing from. The perspective that they're arguing from is she's saying, I don't have, it would be an undue burden for me to sit down and answer questions because I'd be away from my family. Hold on. (laughs) And she's saying there's something called um, Apex that is a decision that came down and I'm not sure exactly what circuit it was, but that says that government officials can't really sit for depositions because if they did, it would interrupt their job duties and they have very important things to do, so they shouldn't have to sit for depositions. Same with very, very, very high-level executives in massive corporations. They shouldn't have to sit for depositions either because they're so busy running this very important business that they can't take the time to prepare. But also in their paperwork, the government and Saki, who filed a combined response to, you know, a combined thing. So think about that. Saki's lawyers and the government lawyers are like, let's work together on this to stop her from being able to testify. They said she has nothing else to say. Everything that she would possibly say has already been provided to you. So the, now the judge comes in in this case and says, I have, I'm having a really hard time squaring how if she has nothing to say, it would be an undue burden for her to prepare. Can you please explain those things? And he literally says that to them. And of course, it's weasel words and you know i'm uh, with all due respect and respectfully and the judge is just not having any of it and and he's like he he constantly absconds them here the government attorney says respectfully and the court says but respectfully we like to use that word i haven't made any rules but let's just say you may want you may not want me to rule on this motion like he's like saying stop respectfully and with all due respecting me if I rule on this, I'm not going to rule in your favor. So you probably want me to transfer it. Um, then the government attorney tries to tell the court. Here, I'll just read this one. Your Honor, if I may, says the government, all that's required for you is to see that the plaintiffs have not, like saying, all you have to do, judge, all you have to do, all that's required of you. And the judge steps in and says, you're not in a position to tell the court what the court is required to view to make an appropriate ruling under the law on a motion before it. Like, this is happening in real time and the judge is just basically like, I'm First sorry. of all, anybody who says all due respect, I cannot, I, I hate, I hate that because it's not really a, it's not across the board a respectful thing. No. I mean, you can. You can say that feeling. You can say that in a smarmy way uh, because you believe that the person is really not due too much respect. Yep. Now, uh, obviously, they they want to play their cards right with this, but all of this jockeying that you're describing to me sounds like a group of weasels, the government, that uh, does not does not want 
the the curtain to be pulled back at all. They just don't like it. They don't. They think that this is an undue burden on them because they operate best when they are in the shadows, pulling levers and uh, and 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 impacting tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people's lives with absolutely no interference whatsoever. And in this respect, the fact that they're talking about the way that people communicate with each other and to actually legislate thought yeah. is uh, or not even legislate to regulate. Yeah, thought. regulate there. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's yes. um, it's absolutely incredible. This judge even goes so far as to say, like, you know, the judge in this case in Louisiana already decided that those things that you're arguing are trumped by the serious nature of what is alleged. There's he's he says, like, you'd be asking me to step in and make a decision on this without any of the underlying fact pattern that's here, without any of the information, without any of the discovery from what I've read in everybody's answers. It looks pretty serious to me. How dare you come here to this court and ask me to step on another judge in another district who's already made a very carefully reasoned decision about why you need to do this thing. How dare you? Like, literally, how dare you? I'm going to do, I know that this sounds crazy. I'm going to read this thing in its own standalone video because it's not coming across with as much justice as it deserves. I have never read a transcript where a lawyer at the level of Re is so thoroughly decimated before ever. I was reading this like, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I linked to it, I believe, in my thread. But every time you start to feel down, just go back to the Missouri v. Biden case because so far there is a motion to dismiss sitting there right now. Um, the government is saying, well, yeah, we said all those things, but we didn't have a gun to their head. They just did it on their own. Basically saying, we asked them to do this. We talked about it with them. We showed them why it's important, but we didn't put a gun to their head and force them to do it. So it was their own decision. So why aren't you suing them? Why isn't there a class action by citizens and not the state? Because the state can't sue us on behalf of their citizen. It's... Mm. Why can't we just have a couple of dozen of these people go to jail for the rest of their lives? Why can't we do something like that? Because the suing... The suing, the censures, the, well, I mean, this, that's what I really want to see. I want to see people I, go to jail for the rest of their lives for even attempting to do things like this. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I mean, it's really terrible. Like this, this speaking of, I have a whole browser of, uh, hold on, where is it? Is it here? No, I have a whole browser of Twitter open. Just the Twitter things that are re relevant to what we're talking about here, because I think it's this one. Yeah. Elon Musk has started banning violent extremists from Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he started banning a lot of uh, child porn accounts and things like that. Finally, um, uh, finally prioritizing child safety. And of course, that really upset Antifa, who yeah. are like by and large pedophiles. You can't have, uh, uh, j just really quickly before we go on to this, somebody in the comments, Jennifer, um, makes a really good point. She said, BS, they threatened them with Section 230. That's exactly what I said in the thread where I outlined this. The government's arguing like no, um, 
they're, you know, we didn't force them to do it. But in every instance, they're saying, well, if these companies don't do this, we'll have to revisit 230, which is what they've hung their hat on because it basically gives them immunity to do whatever the hell they want and act however they want to all the time. And the government threatens to do something to 230, which would then destroy that for social media companies, which would be a game changer. So they're threatening them publicly and privately act this way or else we might have to like they're doing to Elon Musk. If you don't censor speech, Elon Musk, hate speech and white supremacy, then we will have to take you off the app store. Um, demonic, you know, make sure make it so that nobody can get access to your app or uh, look at your, your SEC violation or put you on our SEC investigation. You see what I'm saying? Like they threaten yeah. retaliation against any social media company that doesn't fall in line and the monopoly of the app store requiring certain content moderation in order to even be available to download on the app store. Well, there are plenty of apps out there that are flagrantly violating those same violations. Anyway, so yeah, they started banning Antifa, Frank. And well, I mean, I mean, it just so happens they were caught, they're being caught up more and more in these sweeps because we, we have been learning as well that there was not one major or any left wing political figures that were ever banned. So, I mean, more and more we're getting all the confirmation of things that we knew what was going on. We knew the policies, how they were slanted and um, and what they were intended to do. Um, we're getting that now and. And more to come, I guess. I'm I'm just interested to see what kind of revelations we have until the end of the year. But uh, um, he's saying I'm gonna. I'm the only way around this. He's basically saying is to release the information that has not been released. So what did we do in regards to the Hunter Biden laptop? You know, why did we make those decisions? The only way for anyone to trust Twitter is for everybody to know what that's all about. It, additionally, the same argument is being made for, like you said, the bias. How like somebody had said, I think it was Kyle Becker had said, there are no left-wing outlets, media outlets or anything censored for disinformation on Twitter. It was always the right. It was the New York Post for the Hunter Biden laptop story. It was Uncovered DC. It was whatever. I don't know how you managed to stay on Twitter, Frank. Kudos to you. I don't know either. Well, I, I mean, because I, and I think to myself, well, I must be just, I say, I must be diplomatic in the way I say certain things. And a lot of things I don't say at all. I can't tell you how many thousands of tweets I was in the middle of writing and I said, nope, I just copy it and paste it into my notes for that night. And I decide to articulate it on the show in my own little way. And uh, so that was something. But I also mock people in their comments a lot and shit like that. And I know that you don't do that. You were just you just reported on information that Uncovered DC was was going through. And you were very just. Uh, studious in your work yeah. <laughs> and so i seriously i have survivor's guilt sometimes oh. i don't know how i don't know how I, I i've stayed around on youtube and twitter but um whatever i, I guess i survived twitter because it's getting looser now i mean i wanted to show you um there was a vindman uh bot farm oh. yeah so I got, I, that have, you saw yeah. this so listen, oh yeah listen but Vinman from from uh, of of uh, Trump impeachment fame um, from Kirby enthusiasm. <laughs> basically, like during the the Trump impeachment, he was the he was the the mastermind that was behind this whole 
transcript. What I want to refresh everybody's memory in the, in the Ukraine impeachment trial, what was really supposed to happen was Vinman was supposed to work with uh, with Charmella, who was never the man never to be spoken about on on Twitter. In Voldemort. General. Voldemort, right? And he was supposed to have told him, you know, what their version of this transcript of the call between Zelensky and uh, Trump should have been. And then they were going to write this whole big whistleblower complaint and Vindman was going to ride in on his white, white Ukrainian Russian horse and save the day. But Trump's team segregated that transcript so they couldn't edit it the way they wanted to. And that was the only thing that saved them is that that transcript was moved from where it was supposed to have gone elsewhere so that it did not hold water for the impeachment scandal at all. Yeah, because they had, because we knew that Vindman, the fat piece of trash, who I can't believe people, he's a hero. He's a hero. And that's how they 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 they, they uh, propped him up on. That's when I stopped watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. I already didn't like the. I was already starting to 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 lose interest because the politics was inescapable and all that stuff. But once they they gave Alexander Vindman a bit spot, he's a hero. He's a hero. I said, oh, no, 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 no. This guy's a fat piece of trash who was offered the, the, I, the, that, the that's job the one thing that he, that's <laughs> the one thing that Ukraine has been missing this entire time. That's the reason why they haven't been winning because they offered him a defense minister role more than twice. I know. I said anybody, any United States military man who has a foreign power comfortable enough to offer a position like that more than once you know is dealing dirty and not only that but you remember i had a a a whistleblower that had sat with him and was serving with him and talked about him at length he came forward to talk about his character and i just wanted to parallel how they treated general michael flynn versus how they treated lieutenant colonel vinman who who just and his brother Just terrible. But anyway, Vinman is part of this bot network on Twitter. Here he is, yeah. Alexander Vinman. And everybody tweeted at the same exact time, the same exact thing. Kind of weird that Elon Musk gets to decide how like half a billion people communicate. Way too much power for one erratic individual to wield. Don't you think? Question mark. Think. Amazing. None of these people think. That's, that's part of the issue. So there's this whole... Thing and he's all over the place, Elon. He sees random things from random people. Um, Noam Bloom tweeted out the screenshots of this. Elon responds, and then here comes Vinman coming in and saying, "I'll put my reputation up against yours any day." Why is Noam? Wait, wait. Noam Bloom blocked me. Neon taster. I'm blocked by Noam Bloom. Oh, I'm sorry. Who the hell is he? I have no idea. I don't know who this person is. <laughs> and neither do you, apparently, because he's blocked you. <laughs> I know. The Co-host of Am X Over podcast and all crossed out on Get Callin'. I don't know. What's it? What, what's the, his bio say? The Neon Taster, co-host of yeah. the AMB X Over podcast and of all crossed out on Get Callin'. Also see Neon Tooster. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Gnome. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Whatever I did. So Vinman steps out and he he's like, um, I've spent my entire adult life in service to my country, upheld my oath, no, to protect and defend this nation at great personal cost. Like what? 
Like everybody kissing your ass and making you out to be some national treasure because you lied about a sitting president because the sitting president didn't want to take your dumbass corrupt excuse of advice on, on Ukraine because Ukraine is covering up for the people who pour your water. I mean, or hold your water. I, you know, you know what else? If it were, if Vinman's editing uh, attempts were successful, then then Adam Schiff probably wouldn't have to improvise the, the uh, what happened on the call. Like it was it was some uh, J- James Cagney film or something like that. Listen here, Zelensky. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you see the here's here's how it's going to go, bub. You know, it, it's like I. Do you remember that? This, that was one transcript me and you read live the second it came out. It was, yeah. We read it to yeah. each other. Like you were one part and I was the other. Right. Because it right. was so. And, and then to compare that to what the reenactment on television was, it was just incredibly cringe. And thankfully, due to uh, Citizen Free Press being such a fantastic purveyor of information and collation for me, there are clips of Adam Schiff, or, or no, actually, I think that came from uh, a different show prep email I get. There's, a, there's Adam Schiff now standing up there saying, if I get subpoenaed, I'm going to have to take a look and see what the validity of the subpoena is. You've got Steve Bannon right now awaiting prison time, potentially, if his appeal isn't successful. Because he didn't want to sit after he was subpoenaed. And this pencil-necked loser is trying to say that he's going to just make blanket determinations on after all he's done? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with every everything that they launched against any one of their political enemies, every probe, every whatever, was all done in, in private. Uh, the accused never knows who the accusers are, who the whistleblowers are. They actually even change whistleblowing rules so that fourth-hand hearsay could be a, right. a, 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 a something that's actionable. I mean, everything they have done has been just convoluted and has just been whipped up out of nowhere and kept secret right until the very end. It was really every investigation that, that Adam Schiff, that puffer-face bastard, did <laughs> Um, it was just done between he and the media. Yeah. So they were they were in, they were in 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 in, uh, in skiffs and they were in um, rooms that nobody was able to access. And they just pretty much gave the media headlines. And and that's how they managed years at a time. It was the same thing as um, what they're doing with J6, except they had to have a Republican representation. So Nunez, remember, ran the Republican side of this. And it it. it it just, it, it, this is the first place, this impeachment trial is the first place we learned about Fiona Hill. And I have done several deep dives into how all of this is connected. If you think this whole Ukraine thing that's going on now is not connected to that initial conversation with Zelensky and the fact that Trump wanted to start peeling back the onion of the devil's playground that is Ukraine, you're out of your minds. They're all connected. So I'm going to play a little clip uh, thanks to ALX here. Um, this was this was Vinman testifying. I think you'll remember this once I play it, Frank. Mr. Vinman, you testified in your deposition. Why? Why oh, the whistleblower. Uh, ranking member, it's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, please. Uh, Le- Lieutenant Colonel Vinman. <laughs> please, well, I earned this. Ranking member, please address me by my proper military title. Before And remember how he was a terrible witness. He was terrible. He was shaking and... 
Yeah, because he's a fat traitor. That's why. Look at his face. Look at it. Bulging. He's a bulging. He's a bulging grape. You can see the difference. I have the, had the pleasure of meeting Devin Nunez in person, spending some time with him. Look at how earnest and honest he looks in his, it just everything about him. And then look at this automaton of an NPC sitting next to him. That's kind of repetitive, but you know. Anyway, so Vinman is both puppet and puppeteer. Question is who pulls his strings? And just saying things like that, I don't know what Elon Musk is. Is he a savior for free speech? Or is he a, you know, uh, wolf in sheep, sheep's clothing? I have no idea. But he's saying this stuff out loud on a platform where there are millions upon millions of people seeing it. That's all I care about right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's he lives on a wild card to sheep in wolf's clothing scale to me. Yeah. I And, and, uh, and even that, I can't tell you. I can't judge it. I can only judge a man by his public works, especially when they have celebrity, um, because you don't know them personally. So just by public works and statements, wild card to wolf in sheep's clothing. But right now, uh, a lot of very important things are happening, and um, there are uh, many of them are objectively good things. So I I get banned from Twitter, right? And did I like run out and threaten to blow things up and like set fire? to Twitter headquarters or anything. I think the worst thing that ever happened to Twitter was Laura Loomer chained herself outside their headquarters when she was banned. That was yeah. probably the worst civil disobedience they had to deal with. But they ban Antifa for for both both child sex, uh, you know, exploitation, pedophilia, um, and violence. Violence. And they say, we're gonna go burn down Twitter development offices. <laughs> Thank you for proving our point. Like, they can't take it. Elon Musk bans crime. I don't know. How does crime, I think, from Twitter at the urging of far-right troll? <laughs> On November 25th, at the urging of a far-right troll, Elon Musk banned the crime think Twitter account. Musk's goal in acquiring Twitter had nothing to do with free speech. It was a partisan move intended to silence opposition while opening up space for the far-right. The the hypocritical nonsense in that statement. I just can't. I just can't. So that's my my Twitter. Oh, and then there's this. We have we can't go off of Twitter yet before we talk about this this absolute self owned by Alyssa Milano. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. She says, "I gave back my Tesla. How do you give back a car? Can someone answer? Anyone? Just take it." Just take it. She bought the VW EV. I love it. I'm not sure how advertisers can buy space on Twitter. Publicly traded companies' products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy doesn't seem to be a winning business model. Um, the Hodge twins yeah. chime in. Volkswagen was literally founded by the Nazis. <laughs> I I was saying this too. I see. I remember a time on Twitter because it wasn't too long ago where you would have a crack team or crackhead team of fact checkers standing by to defend people like Alyssa Milano and help them obfuscate the truth about things like Volkswagen's German labor front uh, slash Nazi founding, because that's that used to be common, common knowledge. But of course, we are so removed from 
common knowledge anymore. Not only that, Volkswagen uh, operated several slave camps on their property. Yep. uh, Yep. uh, Slave labor camps, uh, concentration camps. Volkswagen actually operated uh, quite a few of their own. So just letting you know, uh, I, I think that Volkswagen as a company should keep their, their themselves away from any kind of modern, any kind of, hey, Pepsi too. It's either Pepsi or Coca-Cola. I think it might have been Coca-Cola. I mean, we have so many uh, American industrialists and the Nazis. The, there's a lot of people who should just shut up and slink away from these little fights right now and let people like Alyssa Milano uh, just just make fools of themselves. But I hope that the companies themselves don't say anything. Well, but, um, they haven't, other than pulling their advertising dollars. Ford is on that list. Very, um, very sad. Very sad. Ford, Ford was There's a. Uh, they they were um, friendly with the Nazis as well. Who wasn't friendly with the Nazis? Apparently, the du, the, du, the Duponts. Very friendly. We could go into a lot of this. Maybe we'll do a standalone on it. Like we'll take a day and do the Nazi connections to American businesses fully sourced for everybody so that they can see. They the co- I know they had Coke, Coke manufacturing in uh, in in Nazi Germany in the in Rommel's North African campaign. Some German Luftwaffe members, they would uh, whenever they wanted a cold Coca-Cola in the desert, they would wrap Coca- Coca-Cola bottles in wet towels attach them to the back of their planes, go up to altitude where it was very cold, and the towels would freeze around the Coca-Cola bottles. They'd come on back down and land, and everybody would have nice uh, cold, cold Coke. Coke? Yeah. Made with Coke? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. They did back then. The, the good stuff. That's how it was made back then. So, um, Okay. Coffee and COVID, I don't know if you guys know this blog, really, really good blog. They have a story this morning about um, Fauci, who did his runaround of the last interviews that he's going to do in his illustrious 25 or 35 or 45, however many years, career at the NIH. Um, He's 80-something years old. Like, go to sleep. Go away. Enjoy your retirement. We don't want to see you anymore. But he did have to sit for a deposition in the Missouri v. Biden case last week. So... They got that out of them. They have sacrificed Fauci to be able to get through this whole lab leak COVID theory with a Republican House committee because then he doesn't have, you know, he can fight subpoenas a lot more vociferously if he's not a member of the government. So, like, if he's not director of NIH, then he can fight a subpoena for testifying in front of these committees that are going to be formed by, like, Rand Paul and others. Well, Um, we'll see if if he's actually sacrificed or not because this is this is this is bs before we get into fauci though like i have to talk about this there was a study that was published in the journal of biomedicine last week titled covid19 vaccines and the misinterpretation of perceived side effects clarity on the statement of vaccines safety of vaccines i'm sorry so this is what it says i i read this and i i almost lost my mind Fear-mongering and misinformation being peddled by people with no scientific training to terrorize people into staying unvaccinated is not just causing people to remain susceptible to viral outbreaks, but could also be causing more side effects seen in the vaccination process. Mental stress clearly causes vasoconstriction and arterial constriction of the blood vessels. Therefore, if subjects are panicked, 
concerned, stressed, or scared of the vaccination, their arteries will constrict and become smaller in and around the time of receiving the vaccine. This oh bio- my God. Yes. Oh this, my God. Yes. <laughs> the un- So you're telling me the unvaccinated are responsible for all of the strokes and all of the death, the heart attacks of the vaccinated now because we are stressing them out. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. That's what they're saying. Yes, and I want I need to read the rest of this because you'll even it gets worse. This biological mechanism, the constriction of veins, arteries and vessels under mental stress is the most likely cause for where there have been blood clots, strokes, heart attacks, dizziness, fainting, blurred vision, loss of smell and taste that may have been experienced shortly after vaccine administration. The extreme mental stress of the patient could most likely be attributed to the fear-mongering and scare tactics used by various anti-vaccination groups. Many apparent side effects seen shortly after a subject has received a vaccine could be the result of restricted or congested blood flow from blood vessel or arterial constriction caused by emotional distress or placebo-based fear around vaccines. Oh, my oh my god i don't even know what to say i think we just this this is this is worse than saying that that some college children were were dying because of the joy that they felt when they when they read that they had gotten accepted to a school that they wanted to be in oh yeah or that the heart attack from being accepted to college yes heart attack from cold showers heart attack for i mean when did we become how did we how did we survive so many thousands of years when when we're this fragile the cold can cause heart attacks and strokes and i mean just don't go outside in less than 40 degrees frank without your life in your hands honestly i mean you shouldn't you you can't even blame the unvaccinated for stressing out the vaccinated at this point you have to blame god for making human beings so frail why didn't they just blame God for making us so God. frail that we we can't handle we can't handle rushes of joy or cold water? They don't believe in God. That's why. It's all about science, Frank. You would think that they would take this opportunity to discount God He's, by saying that His handiwork is so shoddy. That, he, that'll be next. He's um, uh, Jeff Ch- uh, Childers goes on to tell us about how he is a PhD candidate. Um, and, you know, he's an mRNA alchemist. That's what he calls himself, an mRNA alchemist. She's in West, he's in West Australia. Not surprising, that country fell to COVID tyranny faster than what's going on in China right now, which is, have you seen what's oh, going yeah. on in China? Yeah. That, I have, I have some, uh, where is it? I hope, I hope all of our tyrants in, in the U.S., who have been jealous of the kind of social controls that they have in China, take note of this. Because during the early goings of, I remember like when Whitney Webb was covering this kind of stuff, when we started learning about terms like legacy systems, where they wanted to make sure that people uh, didn't have to go see a doctor anymore. All doctor visits can be AI, that driving would be autonomous. All legacy systems that gave us our freedom and you know gave us our autonomy they wanted that to go away. They thought that this would be a really the age of the the endless pandemic would be a really great way of putting us in that 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 sphere. But we were also learning that from certain technology companies and defense contractors that they were really, really jealous 
of the kind of permissions they did not need to seek to do some of these things in places like China. And now you can see at year three of the COVID I asked the vice lockdowns Sorry is that. going on out there. Um, they're not having Why is the Chinese government happens? Doing- the only the X factor here is that China is not as heavily armed as we are. So that's the X factor. So there there's a, an article about how like like literally they they are locking down the country again. What what spurred this off? And in other times, I'd wonder what other governments may have something to do with this. Like, is this a kind of CIA? But and I don't think that in this case, I don't think it at all. So I'm not even going to go there. A building burned. There was a fire. And because the Chinese government had welded people inside so that they couldn't leave, the people in that building died. They couldn't get out because of COVID quarantine. That was the the final nail in the coffin for the people of China, like tolerating this absolutely inhumane. Like at least, I guess typically in China, they're allowed to sort of live. They've had this like sort of guise of being allowed to do some things but this draconian zero covid policy has like made it so that they can't even leave their homes they can't get food they can't do anything i saw them welding people inside of homes in um, 2020 as well that's what yes that's one of the first things we talked about i I remember that that's uh so this is not a a newly established practice they're they're just they're doing it again welding people inside of these beehive buildings. You know what I'm looking at right now on the screen here? What? Why is there a vaccine clinic sitting in the background of this interview? Look on the screen. I have on the screen, it's Chuck Todd and Anthony Fauci doing an interview on NBC, Meet the Press. People getting shot up? Why is there a vaccine? What is that? Could it be green screen that they're I, patching it in? I don't know, but wait, it's just so weird. Like, I just happened to pause it because it started playing auto when I got there, and it's about Fauci being an apologist for China. So I was going to play the clip for you. But I just paused it, and this is what is on the screen. It's either they have people physically getting injected in the background or they're patching them in through some kind of green screen, which is equally disturbing because it's just more subconscious visual branding. Get the shots, get the shots. You know, I I was watching television briefly with Lauren um, a couple of weeks ago. This was the weirdest one I saw. It was the commercial was an expecting mother. And obviously she was going in to get her shots because she loves her child and she will get everything recommended for her to take. And when she reveals her shoulder to get one shot or another, there's like four or five bruises there. I guess to signify that she had recently gotten four or five other shots. Oh gosh! Yeah, yeah, which is ridiculous because you would never get shots that close together anyway. But they wanted to be able to visually show people how this responsible mom that act- is going to hold. She's going to hold out her arm for literally anything. That actress um, needs needs some serious. Like I would never be able to do something like that. Like I, I you, before we play this clip of Fauci and this weird vaccine background. Um, Taylor Lorenz came out in support of the Chinese lockdowns against her own papers reporting. And of course, nobody can say anything to Taylor Lorenz because she has her replies off. But 
she's literally that crazy that she's defending the CCP without even thinking twice about it. And Taylor Lorenz is someone who's always so stressed out. Can you I imagine? I mean, she cries, she cries over everything. You would think that with all of her blood blood vessels constricting, she would have had like like appendages falling off and stuff like that, like, like Mr. Potato Head or something like that. You'd think. And think about all the, the blood, blood vessel constricting going on inside that body. Yeah, and that some people are pointing out like the other background here. Look at the image of, of Trump and Fauci. Trump is pointing out to the crowd and Fauci is standing in front of the White House placard here on the wall. Um, very interesting. Let, let's listen to this. I'm going to rewind it. I wonder if that's there the whole time. Let's see. Why is the Chinese government acting so peculiar and weird? And they still have not come clean what? on what they can tell us about the start of this pandemic. Yeah, they? yeah, that, that is true. And that is in some respects, and I don't mean this in a broad pejorative way, but in anything that we've had to do over decades, whether it's bird flu, H5N1, H7N9, or the original SARS in 2002, even when there's nothing to hide, mm -hmm. they act in a suspicious, non-transparent way just probably because they don't want to make it look like there's a blame. When the reality is, if something evolves in your country, it's not to blame, but let's find out what went on. So How about you stop doing gain-of-function research on these viruses in their country because it's the only place you'll get away with it. And it yeah. was a green screen, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw that. This guy, he, and, and he has a, a response about the lab leak theory, too. Now he's saying, well, I'm open to anything, but all the information we have says it was natural origin. B.S. Scientists, yeah, world-renowned virologists have said. Hold on. Let me find it. What happened? Then he also blames Trump for China not being honest about the virus, by the way. Here we go. Where are you on this now? I mean, everybody's yeah. always curious. Yeah. Where is Fauci yeah. on the lab leak theory? I, I have a completely open mind about that, despite people oh, saying good. that I don't. Good. I have a totally open mind about that. But if you look at the preponderance of evidence. The preponderance of evidence. I, I have a completely open mind on that. I, I will continue to have. I, I, I like that theory. I like it. Like what? Well, what the hell does that mean? I have a completely open mind on that. That's like me saying I have an open mind as to what really could have happened on the moon in the 1960s and 70s. I, what, what, what can I conclude on my own? I don't have I don't have access to anything. I know everybody's theories. I've heard interviews. I see weird things. I don't know. I have a completely open mind about the moon landing. But uh, let's move on to something else. There's a preponderance of evidence. I can't believe that he's so close to death naturally, this being in his 80s. Like that is, he's he's coming up on, he, this is his swan song right here. He's so close to the end of his life and he acts like he's, he he has time to play these terrible games. Like he's not, he's, he, he doesn't have, have anything to account for in, in, in the afterlife. I, I just- Sucks to be him. That's all I gotta say. I, you you want to hear the rest of his response? Just yeah, go ahead. Evidence that has been accumulated by international group of highly respected evolutionary virologists. They feel and they've written p 
peer-reviewed papers on that, mm -hmm. that the evidence strongly points to this being a natural occurrence of a jumping of a virus from a bat to an animal species to human. Hasn't been definitively proven, but the evidence on that is pretty strong. Having said that, we still all have to keep an open mind as to what the origin is. Where are you? <laughs> Everybody has to keep an open mind. Whereas it was unthinkable, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was responsible for it. killing people in some instances, they said. Verbatim. It was verboten. Verboten. For a while. Mm -hmm. Now everybody needs to have an open mind. And yeah, you say it's not. Is it a leap? Is it a leap to say that, well, this is something that came from a bat to go to something else? Because we know what they, what they do to test this stuff on. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that they would use smaller organisms to test these things on uh, uh, whenever they're creating them. They're That's the whole point. You were doing this work in the United States, and then you offloaded it to places like China and Ukraine. And and what? You, what? You, you have to put this thing into a host. Now, as far as the bat getting out, maybe there's a way for it there, there to be a leak or something, but it could also just be a... Uh, a well-timed Wuhan military games release. <laughs> ah, who, who knows? Who knows? Either way, it was a very... Can we all agree on one thing? Whether it was from... It originated in a bat, whether it originated in a lab, both, a combination of both, whether it was an accident, whether somebody sneezed in the wrong place, inside, whatever it was, can we all agree that it was a very happy accident, very well-timed, that turned the world on its head at the perfect moment, changed Americans ele American elections forever. It, 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 it locked people in their houses. It destroyed a humming economy. It, 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 it kind of hamstrung a president who was so strong that he could actually come out of an impeachment attempt stronger than he was before. Can we just agree that it was a very happy accident? Happy. Very happy accident for these people. It, it came at right the right time. Yeah. Well, this was a good one, Frank. I'm sure we'll have more on Wednesday. I think I'm going to do I'm going to do a big read through of the uh, I think of the transcript. I'll let everybody know if I do that, because it's super important. Uh, Frank, what do you got going on? Anything uh, tonight? I've got John Paul Rice on the show. He was a um, Hollywood producer and director who kind of blows the whistle on the kind of uh, abuse and messaging that goes on. It'll actually tie into the Balenciaga stuff. And I wanted to do a little bit of a, a review on Wayfair and other things that we've learned over the last five or six years. And um, I don't know, I have other things going on this week. Anomaly, um, Judge Joe Brown's coming back and cool. whatever. But I'm looking forward to Wednesday morning with you. What's going on with you? When are you doing this uh, this read through of the court transcript I, I, I and everything else? I think I'm going to do it today. I think I have to see what happens. The calendar is very full, but it's worth it. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff, obviously, UncoveredDC.com all day long, every single day. Hey, listen, thank you guys for joining us. You can find Frank's show, quite frankly, .tv, um, every every chance. He's got a nightly show every night, Monday through Friday. Um, thank you guys for listening to the Dark to Light podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com or at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time streaming live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Rumble and Getter. 
at Uncover DC. We will see you on Wednesday. Later.